Welcome to the Faith, Church and Disability podcast. I'm Geraldine, a trustee on the CBM New Zealand board. At Christian Blind Mission, because we fight to end the cycle of poverty and disability, we're glad to be teaming up with the Baptist NZ podcast network to produce this podcast series. Find us online at cbmnz.org.nz and baptist.nz slash podcasts. We hope you find this episode inspiring. I'm Murray Sheard, CEO of CBM New Zealand. CBM is an international development charity focused on people with disabilities. And uh, it's been my great pleasure lately to have some conversations with some people with disabilities and to talk about their lives, the kinds of things that they face, um, the challenges that they have, and also some of the the thinking that has gone on because of their engagement with their disability. And I'm very delighted today to be here with my friend, Karen Plummer. Welcome, Karen. Kia ora. Hey, well, I would love it if you could start just by maybe saying a little bit about yourself, introducing yourself, and um, yeah, some of some of your story. Thank you, um, thank you so much for having me today. It's um, it's really an honour. I'm in my early forties. I live in Central Auckland. I've got a beautiful four-year-old daughter, and married, and um, we've got a sixteen-year-old cat. I work uh, full-time in the disability sector, um, have done off and on mostly, uh, apart from a couple of years in a contact centre, when since I was about 25. And yeah, outside of work, I'm, I'm a mum, and obviously, and do a bit of music, and uh, go to regularly to a Baptist church on a Sunday morning. Um, in terms of my faith journey, um, oh, did this sort of Pentecostal thing, I suppose you'd say, in the 90s. Um, late 90s went to another Baptist church in another part of New Zealand and oh, did all sorts of things um, um, in my 20s and 30s. Um, spent some time at a Baptist church, but... Um, yeah, tried a few other bits and pieces as well, shall we say. You know, outside of Christianity even, which, yeah, was was really interesting. Um, yeah, so I guess that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, interesting history, Karen. And Thank you. I, uh, I go to a Baptist church myself, and um, I actually go to your church. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, um, we've, uh, in fact, that's been interesting for me to... Uh, and we can come back to this a little later, um, to look at uh, how it's been in churches for people with disabilities, I know, um, particularly yourself. So w- whether it's church or not church, are there challenges that you face that maybe don't stem from the disability itself, but with with interaction with needless barriers? A number of people with disabilities uh, that I have talked to share with me how a significant part of their life is making a, res- a response to some barriers that really maybe shouldn't be there or in a different world uh, it would be easier what do you think about that um yeah 
and the, the two things that come to mind and honestly I don't know what the solution is um, I'll start with the um, the one which is decreasing first which is access to written information a lot of people a lot of us don't realize that written information is not just books it's signage it's labels on tins of food it's nutrition panels it's, I didn't even know until I don't know sometime in the last 10 years that there are used by dates on medicines so because I, I was born blind um, and the reason that that barrier is decreasing is that a lot of that information is either easily available digitally or can be um, so I can have stuff emailed to me or I can um, Google things or I use some apps on my phone to actually take photos of things and, and it can read it back and I want to add in there straight away that you know that I'm coming from a place of privilege being able to do that you know for everyone like me that's got that access to that technology because it's mm. not necessarily cheap you know there's probably who knows how many others that don't either don't have access to it financially or it's just really hard to mm. learn it yeah. I actually used to teach people how to use that stuff for about 10 years and the learning curve, man, is such mm. a headache. So, yeah, that's the one that I feel is decreasing, but it's still there um, mm. for a lot of people. It sounds so important, right? Yeah. This is, this is um, expiry dates on medicines, and I, and I suppose also on, on food, right? Yeah. So um, something that the rest of us absolutely take for granted, for you has, has been an issue, uh, for the context that I deal with overseas, um, mm. people wouldn't have that technology at all. No. But even even here, it's it's relatively new. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. that's something that's that's decreasing, but but has been been a bit of an issue in the past. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it, it never, you know, it's never really affected me. Um, I mean, you know, if you're looking, dealing with milk or something, you know, you can do the smell test. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all cool. But um, yeah, like I just, I can imagine it would yeah. for other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, become yeah. a problem if it, you know, because I always had sort of fallback plans, like somebody coming in to, to check that stuff or, you yeah. know, just being mindful of how long we've had things. But yeah, the, the medicines thing, um, yeah, only really hot became apparent to me when we had somebody supporting us at home and we were like, um, can you help us clean out our medicine cabinet? Because um, I just hadn't got around to putting braille labels on some things. And oh, this expired five years ago. Um, okay. <sighs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at using expired medicines, but my wife tells me off that. Right. Yeah. 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 I didn't open it up to find out. <laughs> yeah. 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 How about, um, how is New Zealand doing in terms of just people such as yourself get being able to get around, um, mm. you know, footpaths, yep. transport? All yeah, I was going to come to that. Um, mm. the, the second big thing is the transport. So I think New Zealand is a very, this is going to sound really rude, but I think a very car-centric culture, certainly here in Auckland. I've felt really kind of 
cranky at times since becoming a mum, it's almost like assumed that you have a car as a parent. And that because on all the parents' things is, oh, you know, there's parking here. Mm. No one expects me to walk in with a six-month-old baby and a car seat or, you know, 18-month-old child. You know, hold on my hand, hold on my hand. It's not, you know, we're in a car park here, hold on to mummy's hand. And trying to hold on to a car seat and a cane at the same time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting with the stage two car seat for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the solution is to that. Mm. It'd be just nice to know... I want to say to anyone who's listening, who's running a daycare center or who's doing anything with families or parents, like, you know, not every parent drives. And, you know, there are some parents out there who do have disabilities. And sometimes I kind of get the feeling like, as the mum, I'm not supposed to have a disability. Right. Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? That's so awkward. Yeah. Right. So they they might be catering for a child with a disability, but the the assumption... Lucky. Yeah, if if, (laughs) if they're lucky, yeah. Yeah. But the assumption is not, they don't need to think about the the parent, is that... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. and I've got to take my daughter for one of her well-child checks this afternoon, and I've already texted the provider to say, you know, I'm blind, and then I've got to text on Friday saying oh no it's not at this place we've moved it to this other place and I'm just like okay now I've got to you know line all the planets up to hope that I actually find it uh, I've got a physical address yeah. but it's somewhere inside some community place yeah. <laughs> and, and, when and you, you have the dead, my daughter in the car seat and the bag and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be good yeah yeah and sometimes when you when you've got to a place is has it been different from what you expected or oh, yeah or yeah, just not not being able to find the right person or find the right door. The right door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it feels just the emotion I have. It, it, it sounds very vulnerable. Yes. And quite scary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I have to say, um, our church, I feel, has been really responsive around that. Like when I've said, you know, because we have multiple doors into our building because mm. we've got this awesome community center there that does all that amazing stuff. And a couple of times when I've been going to church, like I've put on Facebook, okay, I'm coming in about 15 minutes. I've put on our church Facebook group, I'm coming in about 15 minutes, can someone keep an eye out for mm. an Uber or a taxi and it's this color and this is a number plate and people do really step up and people just like, oh yeah, I'll take the car seat off your hands and, you know, and they do listen when I say, oh, you know, can you put that in a place where we can find it, but no one will trip over it. So yeah, I, I feel like people have really stepped up and I've found, which has been amazing. I've mm. found a couple of people who live close to me as well, so they can um, help us out a bit with transport. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, the, the transport thing is, um, feels like the biggest thing for me at the moment mm, yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah so um and, and is, is some of that just getting into into people's awareness um that it's not so simple for everybody so i'm thinking of um of our church and i've i know that it's got a, it has a it has an access ramp Mm. Um, but but always yeah, you're, you're laughing and I'm laughing yeah because sometimes <laughs> hey it can be locked but also uh, once you, you you get up there it's relatively steep but then there's mm. another um, sort of ramp to get into the main 
yeah. auditorium. Yeah. And a friend of mine who uses a wheelchair has said, look, you guys think your church is accessible, <laughs> and technically it is, but but no, it's been really difficult for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Are, are there, what, what do you think needs to change in people's minds or hearts, I suppose? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like we've done... We're doing okay, and I know we're looking at the accessibility stuff with our church, with the ramps and things. But I think, I think there's this assumption that people with disabilities that will move and you know participate in a predictable way. Mm. Um, I know a friend of mine who used to have a role on the council at Monaco City. I think said that. Like when she um, she was talking to um, somewhere um, in, in Monaco about accessibility, you know, you need to make this pedestrian crossing accessible. I said, well, how many blind people actually use it? Mm. Like, well, you know, what if some a blind family from Albany choose to come to this place on a Saturday? You know, you, you there's kind of this thing around pinning down, well, how you know how many people who use wheelchairs mm-hmm. come to this church or how many want to come or you know what days yeah. do you want to come almost if it's if you're making a calculation is it going to be yeah. worth it is it going to be worth one it person. Yeah. yeah 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 it's, i i think that that is it is mm-hmm. it you know is it going to be worth it yeah yeah. It, yeah the interesting thing there for me is um it's chicken and egg right mm. I mean, if it was there yeah then that would be a welcome back that would be the invitation to come yes. And so this, I think, is one of the one of the challenges for churches. Say eh? that you may not seek to exclude, mm. but actually, if you aren't taking active steps to include, include. then you are excluding, even even if it's not your intention. Mm. Um, and sometimes that is costly. And yet, as the the welcoming kingdom of God, mm. um, it is really uh, a reflection of God's love that we would make that step. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so. As well as as well as things like physical barriers and uh, what people do or do not do about them, mm. um, how about questions of people's say stereotypes or assumptions? Um, what's what's your journey on that? What have you experienced? Yeah, so it's been really interesting having been in probably three or four different Christian denominations. I had some time in Anglican churches as well. Um, so being in sort of three or four different Christian denominations as well, and you know, there's huge variations within all of that. But yeah, um, some of the ones which have been kind of less fun, I guess, have been this whole thing, this assumption that I actually want to be healed. Mm. And yeah, I don't get that at our church but I've had a couple of Uber drivers this year who were Christians and um, oh this one dude like insisted on praying for me while we were on the journey I'm thinking Mm. dude I hope you don't have your eyes closed right now (laughs) 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 because he wanted to pray for me at the end of the trip and I'm just like I've got a meeting at 11.30 um oh no worries i'll pray for you now okay i'm just so yeah that that whole thing Mm. assumption that i i want to be healed and 
yeah, I can um, revisit that because um, that one's complicated. Yeah. But um, and oh, the other one that's really tricky is assumptions that I want to be supported in certain ways. Okay. And you know, just the one that I, mean, I can sort of work with it because you know I'm used to that. To people going, oh, you know, sort of talking to me loudly mm. or you know, oh, you know, I don't know if you can manage those stairs and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm used to kind of making my point across and kind of putting them at ease at the same time. But this really random thing which happens socially, which I find quite not very nice, is when people at, say, morning tea or some gathering, and it's not just in the church either, get a cup of tea and put me on a chair and then everybody's talking I can hear everybody's talking but I'm just like sitting there mm. by myself <clears throat> right and I'm not sure whether to try and break in um, as I've gotten older I've gotten a little more bullshy with that and <laughs> yeah. just kind of stood up and gone oh you know somebody might say oh are you all right I was like, oh I just wanted to come and talk to somebody because I was sitting there all by myself yeah mm. um yeah okay, so because yeah. so they've taken a step yeah, but, they've done something. But the friendship step, which is really well, crucial, right? Well, the, is, the social step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, I expect to, like, stay, mm. you know, form a close friendship over a cup mm-hmm. of tea, for heaven's sake. But, you know, it's, it's pretty, feels pretty stink when you're yeah. just sitting there by yourself and you can hear everybody else talking. T- and, you know, there's this whole thing that starts up in my head about oh my gosh, do I look really weird? Did I just not put my makeup mm-hmm. on right? Yeah. You know, what? Am, what's this about? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and it's um, used to, you know, it didn't sometimes happen to me at church. And yeah, it's just a bit of a lonely place mm, when that okay. happens. Yeah. 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 Do, yeah. Do, do you think that there's a, maybe a discomfort or not, I don't know what to do mm, here? Yeah. And the easiest thing is just to say here's the cup of tea and then step back and so um yes i wonder whether some of it is just sitting with that discomfort and actually yes um you know just being able to step through it right yeah yeah and you also mentioned some of the people people saying i don't know if you can manage the stairs and things like that what is what is the kind of thing you'd like to hear instead of of, of those Um, things yeah i think it is around asking some good questions like you know what do you need um, from me to mm. get in here mm-hmm. safely you know how can I help you today yeah. um, how can I support you in the service you know how mm. those yeah. kinds of open-ended questions yeah. are really helpful what's the best thing for what's me to the do best here? thing you know is, is there anything we can do mm. to support you sure yeah. yeah yeah and I've been known to say to people thanks I'm okay at the moment but are you going to be around for another five minutes? Can I just give you a shout if I'm stuck mm, or, you know, okay. things like that. Yeah. Um, those of us who've been at this for a while, you know, we've developed those kinds of responses. So, you know, we're used to answering those kinds of questions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, like you say, you just need to be a bit bullshy sometimes. Because, I do, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's, if it's new people. If it's people that you know, then you can educate them right but if it's new people yeah you're sort of back to to square one so yeah being a bit bullshit is a bit needed eh yeah 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 Yeah. 
I think you know somehow I ended up with um, some kind of conditioning to not do that but um, yeah kind of breaking out of that now we <laughs> yeah. um, were just going back to asking me about stereotypes mm. which is that's been a really interesting journey for me I used to get pretty angry about that um, when I was in my certainly teens and 20s and I, oh you know these people are going to get these stupid stereotypes from film and da, 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 da. and these days I tend to think well actually you know we all would have realised um, I did a little bit of study of anthropology in my late 20s and then I started to recognise that you know in fact we all have our um, unconscious biases and our stereotypes and all those things and I was um doing it just as much as anybody be that about ethnicity gender you know whatever you like and so now I tend to think people are coming you know when somebody does something that I find a bit not so great I tend to think okay they're coming with these assumptions Mm -hmm. based on whatever they've read or um, that sort of thing and while that might be harmful not helpful in the moment it it just helps me to give them a little bit of space to go well you know they're approaching me based on what they know they didn't wake up this morning with you know thinking about how to make my day (laughs) not great um you know they're just coming with their assumptions and it also helps me not to get into a really angry place in my Mm -hmm. head Mm. So to to actually remember that they are an image bearer of God as mm. well, is is really um, important to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So you've you've journeyed a bit from those those initial more angry responses. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess understanding the the humanity of yeah of, of others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it certainly hasn't been a straight trajectory. No, I sure. still have days where oh, I, yeah. you know, I think those things which are really unhelpful, mm. both to me and to my encounter with yeah. with the mm. other person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, CBM wants to do more um, around educating of churches. It's one of the reasons we we're doing this podcast series as well, and it's, it sounds like for for a number of people, it's as you say, it's just an assumption or uh, it's unfamiliarity perhaps of, mm. of, of um, they weren't maybe expecting to encounter someone today who was in a wheelchair or uh, was came. blind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just making that adjustment. And maybe if they knew a few, like you say, said, some, some simple questions to ask, then it, it wouldn't be such a threatening space. Mm. So it, it's like, like anything, you know, if, we, if we've encountered it before, then mm. it's easier the next time. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad. I mean, I'm really glad we're having this conversation too, because then, um, you know, pe- people can hear some of the, some of the things that you've struggled with, and then some of the responses mm. uh, that might be, might be better for mm. you. Yeah. 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 So we we talked about Christians' responses uh, in church. Mm. What about outside of church? So employment, for example. What can mm. people do? for so for example workplaces mm. people with disabilities okay what's the yeah what, 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 what would you say about that sure thank you for asking that because statistically people with disabilities actually getting into work is 
feels like a perennial issue to be honest has been around for as long as I can remember but currently for blind and low vision people digital accessibility is really important so for anybody who is in IT especially in the area of building databases um, that kind of work if there's any way um, they can act because the thing is I think what happens again with that whole space is um, you might say okay do you actually have any blind or low vision employees here oh no okay oh we don't need to but in fact what can happen is you know okay 12 18 months later that place hires somebody or considers hiring somebody who has got um, the qualifications Uh oh you know digitally it's not accessible and then so what's happened to so many of us is we're then at the mercy of the sort of goodwill of our line manager or supervisor to actually stay in that job and and you know providing workarounds or you know there is a little bit of funding there from other government sources but I mean you you've got to you know write assessment reports and stuff to access even that mm. so you know if the, if that kind of stuff was accessible from the get go um, it would be a lot mm-hmm. less of an issue. <clears throat> And yeah, again, same for anybody who, who's in a sort of supervisory role in the workplace, like have, just give, give us those opportunities, mm, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm interested in this as, as an employer. So there's a, there's a few things that we do around, say recruitment, for example, we sometimes make, um, we've made a video that has sign language, for example, wow, um, cool. as well as an ad. Mm. Um, but then there's questions around accessible websites mm. as well. And then, yeah, of course, doing accessibility audits of the place that you're in. Mm. But And, and here's, here's something interesting, which I, mm. I sort of didn't expect. We, we have tried to put, we also send our recruitment ads out to some uh, organisations of people with disabilities around New Zealand. Mm. But we, we find that we haven't yet had many applicants mm. so it was to me it was oh, it was interesting because yeah. we, were, we thought we were doing something right and we are yeah. but we, we weren't quite getting the applicants yeah. and I'm wondering what else we could be doing for a start I but also th- yeah, yeah what, I wonder what's going on there I yeah. think you're doing all the things Murray I, I do honestly I think between the transport issues and the digital accessibility stuff a lot of people don't um either give up or give up on their studies or unfortunately they've been you know brought up in contexts where it's assumed that you know you're blind or low vision therefore you can't do anything Mm. for yourself so yeah I mean just just thinking of that community I think a lot of it's that the thing that used to scare me on a lot of job ads was when um, I saw um, your must have your own vehicle and full driver's license, mm. or must have full and clean driver's license. And I'm going, okay, do I even bother applying? Um, yeah. Do I, you know, sometimes on a bad day, some of us would read that as, you know, blind people need not apply, basically. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've got that question of like, may, maybe, then, maybe I don't need it. Yeah. But on the other hand, of course, if it's maybe a driver job, then maybe I do. But if I'm, I mean, yeah, a yeah. career driver, well, right. you know, of course, that's understandable yeah. that you would. But some people but, probably put that up because it's just sort of, it's one of those things that people do. It's like, yeah. oh, we, we have to put these requirements. And, yeah. and maybe it's not as 
necessary and if the workplace maybe thought that through mm. they might find well do we really need someone to have a driver's license for yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know say for like a case manager role or something so i mean yeah there, there have been times when some of us have just phoned the if we've known mm. the line manager and just phoned them and said oh, does that really you really need that but then you know if you're cold calling mm. and you're disclosing in that context yeah. that you've got a disability well you know I guess it's one way to save time preparing your cover letter and everything. But yeah, it's, it's um, just like, okay. You know, some, on a bad day, as I say, that just feels like a door slamming in the face right there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which is, of course, a vicious cycle because a lot of people with disabilities could work. Mm. And if they aren't given those opportunities, mm. then they're, they're back basically being, being supported where actually they would prefer mm. to, um, like, yeah, I guess like anyone, to be able to contributed to job and then also get this the on the job skills that people get to be able to uh, you know enhance their career yeah mm. yeah for sure yeah. yeah on the towering hillsides of Nepal Dinesh was born with only one leg he couldn't walk run play games or go to school his loving family worried for his future it doesn't have to be this way for just $1 a day, you can transform a child's life. Call CBM Christian Blind Mission on 0800 772264 or visit cbmnz.org.nz. Karen, you've talked about the taxi driver before, um, and I know for, for, for some people in churches, there is a a theology of well God heals all so God must be able to step in here um, and yet of course we know that that it's not always the case um, not everyone not everyone is healed we mm. know that um, and so there's questions there I guess there's questions there about theology but there's also questions of um, what what kind of assumptions that people are making how has that experience been for you and what would you prefer people did or didn't ask or say around questions of, of healing? What I'd like people to consider, Murray, is that um, especially for those of us who've had a disability from pretty early on, mm. we, things like walking, talking, hearing, seeing, are all developed for most people in those first couple of years of life. Um, along with the physical side of it, if you like, there's big areas of the brain devoted to this stuff. So there's a whole area of the brain called the visual cortex. Um, for example, you know, mm. my situation. If, say, I um, were to get healed in a prayer meeting or something, I don't know how long it would take me to learn to actually see mm. and understand my world in a way that made sense yeah so you had sense data coming in yeah but, but the, the it, mechanisms for interpreting yeah. it is seeing is actually yeah. made up of a whole lot of different skills is one way you can think mm. of it so there's focusing where you um, actually you know see you decide i believe it is on one object mm-hmm. There's tracking, which you use to read across a page. Um, there's color recognition. There's visual motor coordination. Um, and, you know, you need 
all of those skills and probably some more I haven't mentioned for driving. There's long distance, there's close up, there's mm. all these things. So I actually wonder, you know, if, if I were to be healed, how long it would take me to do, learn to do all those things? Would I be supported by the mm. church? You know, oh, you can, God healed you. You can see now, you don't need, what are you doing? You know, you don't need a ride home. Um, or, you know, would there be somebody who would just hang out with me till, till we were done? And I know it's kind of like the re reverse of rehabilitation is how I'd think of mm. it. Um, and I know when adults, quite often when they lose their sight, and some things that, a lot of things that they just always struggle with, and you know, would that be the case for me? So, you know, just please consider that mm. before you go jump in praying for somebody for healing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard from um, so so some friends I have who are deaf mm. have said also, and they've been deaf for since birth. Mm. That they've also then they're part of a deaf community, community. Yes. and they actually feel affronted by the mm. idea that someone might be somehow yanked out of that community yeah is that part of your world as well um yes it is mm. yes it is and I, I think it'd be really interesting to see how that changed i i don't feel that quite so strongly some of my friends definitely would but yeah i don't know how that dynamic mm. you know if sudden you know within say three years of getting my driver's license i just want to take drive all my friends everywhere mm -hmm. like, i don't know how they do that <laughs> you the designated driver yeah yeah yeah. Mm, yeah yeah oh karen thank you so much it's it's been such a pleasure talking to you thank and you. i know you do think deeply around these issues so i was yeah. really really looking forward to this conversation so uh, I appreciate it very much. Now, for, for people listening, if you're interested in the question of recruitment and workplace, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you're very welcome to. My, my details will be on the website because CBM has gone down that journey a little bit. Um, small steps, but mm. um, the difference between tokenism and small steps is that for small steps, you continue to take them one after another. and. So we have a few ideas around that if you uh, would like to, to access that. So Karen, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. For more information about CBM, find us online at cbmnz.org.nz For more great podcasts, go to baptist.nz slash podcasts.